Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. Uh, A big thank you for joining me on today's show. I hope you're doing extremely well. Um, and that you get a lot of value out of today's show. It was a, a Q&A. So last week I posted up on my Instagram story, uh, which I've done a few times on the show, just to reach out and see what you guys would like to hear about, what you'd like to know in regards to training, nutrition, uh, motivation, whatever it may be, supplementation. And you sent back a ton of questions. So today I'm, gonna, I'm just going to spend kind of uh, 20 minutes or so going through some of those questions um, and just giving you my opinion, uh, my best answer on those. I've just got my phone here with a, a lot of the questions you sent through. Um, so I'm just going to work my, my way through those, pick out the best ones and answer them for you today. So if you grab some value, if you get some value from today's show and you think someone else that you know could benefit from hearing this episode as well, please do take a screenshot for me. Post it up on Instagram story, um, tag me in that post. I'd love to to hear your feedback um, and also if you have not subscribed already go and hit that subscribe button please um, i would appreciate it a lot um, i really appreciate your attention today anyway so um, just do do yourself the favor subscribe um, if you don't like hearing my voice then we have plenty of very cool guests on the show that have plenty to offer in regards to all different types of all different fields really um, and there's a lot of value there for absolutely everybody so go back through check out some of the old episodes but um, let's get stuck in to the episode and I'm going to start with this first question or query so the, this first one here is uh, says I've been in a deficit for so long now what will happen if I start eating maintenance intake will I gain weight this is a great question um, and a lot of these questions today guys I've probably spoke about on the show but sometimes it's just good to hear it in a different way and maybe it's something that's on your mind right now so look if you've been in a calorie deficit for an extended period of time um, particularly if it's a relatively large calorie deficit what tends to happen is your metabolism does slow down Um, there's a a process called metabolic adaptation um, adaptation sorry where your body can't becomes accustomed to the intake that you're taking in um, so, you know, if you if you previously had been eating, let's say, 2,500 calories and you go into a calorie deficit and you get to the point where you're only eating seventeen or 1,800 calories per day, um, your body becomes used to that. So, it after a certain period of time, you're going to reach a plateau where you're no longer losing body fat. You know, your training is probably still at a quite high intensity and your body is just not able to burn through the fat like it used to before. Um, you know, and keeping in mind as well that your body weight has probably reduced um, to some extent as well. But when you return to a calorie surplus, if you return to, you know, if I went from say seventeen hundred calories, um, which I'd been use, which I'd been eating for an extended period of time, and then just thought to myself, oh well, before I went into this diet, I was eating two thousand five hundred. I'm just going to go straight back there. Well, your metabolism needs time to adapt and to to catch up and and build its way back up. So you can't just go straight back to that. Otherwise, you will gain body fat and you'll gain weight at a relatively fast rate because your metabolism is not ready for that. So you need to to reintroduce calories, um, even you know slightly reduce your energy expenditure as well. Um, and that process can be called reverse dieting. Um, but in my opinion, look, if you're, if you're finishing your, your calorie deficit, you're finishing your diet, regardless of what intake you're at. Okay. So this is, this, this applies to absolutely everybody who's finishing an extended period of time in a fat loss phase. 
I think you should make an initial jump of calories close to maintenance intake. So we'll use the example again of 1,700 calories. My initial jump of calories would be going up to say 1,900 or 2,000 straight away and then giving the body time to adapt and, and seeing how your body responds. Um, usually when you increase those calories, particularly at the start, your body just soaks them up and it loves that extra intake your and your workouts will probably become a lot more efficient you'll probably fidget a little bit more throughout the day and and expend more energy um, from day to day anyway you probably will be a, or you'll definitely be a lot less likely to overeat and binge um, you'll be very um, accountable i guess to your current intake um, considering it's more food than what you're used to um, so you may actually find you lose a bit more body fat um, but on the other end of that scale, if you bump those calories way too high, then like I said, your metabolism needs time to catch up and to adapt and you will, uh, maybe not initially, but very soon after you bump them all the way up, you're going to increase your body fat percentage and that's not what you want, particularly if you've just come off a, a fat loss phase. So the smart approach, a very, very, very fucking long answer here to a very simple question, but a smart approach after a calorie deficit is to bring, to raise your calorie intake uh, close to maintenance Stay at that for a while, see how your body responds. If your weight stays very similar, you may even lose some body fat or if it only goes up a little bit, then you've got a couple of options. You can reduce your energy expenditure if that's what you'd like or you can uh, further increase your calories. Um, after that initial jump of, say, a few hundred calories, it needs to be smaller increases after that. Um, so say 100 calories at a time and then just rinse and repeat. Same process over again. You see how your body responds and then you continue to move on from there so that's a good question and i think a lot of people will get some some value from that one as well um what's the best way to get the most out of your workout um, and feel satisfied at the end now i'm going to answer this question a little bit differently so um particularly when clients first start out with me if you've, you've never really kind of especially if you haven't done a great deal of strength and resistance training in the past or you may be used to following more of a cardio-based workout or following group training classes where you know to be let's be honest the main goal is to finish the workout feeling absolutely stuffed feeling like you couldn't do any more that you've really put in a good workout you're covered in sweat um you're just absolutely wrecked now that is not always a great indicator of a good workout and if you're finishing every session like that then the chances are you're not actually progressing over time okay so i've mentioned this before i can get any bummy and off the street to come in and help me or to train me sorry and within an hour i can be absolutely wrecked and they may they may have absolutely no idea about how to train someone properly anyone can do that but if you're following a properly structured program if you're working with a coach or a trainer who has knowledge behind them then they will make sure that you're progressing over time so you need to understand that not every workout needs to be the hardest workout you've ever done okay and you don't always need to be getting doms after workouts another another part of this question is that you know you shouldn't always be getting doms you shouldn't be getting delayed onset muscle soreness after every session if you are you're not doing something right there's something that's not quite right in your programming um, or your trainer or coach is not doing something right because your body should be adapting and the only real time you know for example now like i don't get necessarily that bad at doms or muscle soreness um, unless i'm doing a rep range that i haven't done for a while uh, unless i've done a pb or an exercise i don't usually do uh, working at a different intensity and stuff like that or changing the order of my exercises other than that the goal should be to overload and progress over time and and to do that you don't want to be just smashing yourself every single session so when it comes to satisfaction and knowing that you've had a good workout and how you should feel 
judge that off the progression in your workouts okay so if last week you did a barbell squat for three sets of 12 um, at 40 kilos but today you did you know sets of 13 or 14 or maybe you did 45 kilos instead of 40 you should finish the workout feeling satisfied because you've progressed you've given your body a reason to change you've upgraded from what you did last week and that should be satisfying for you so yes there still is a place a time and place to finish your workout feeling absolutely wrecked and i know it's a great feeling i i personally love that feeling but it shouldn't be every single session and um and if you're finishing your workout feeling like you can do more that's not necessarily a bad thing and you should still be satisfied with that if as long as you are you've got a plan of attack you've got some form of structure and over time you're improving and um and you're overloading Alrighty, next question tips for growing your glutes what are some tips for growing your glutes so just like absolutely any other muscle group to to give to for a muscle to grow first of all you need to give it a reason to grow okay so overloading it um particularly with muscle hypertrophy so growing a muscle anywhere between in my opinion kind of 8 to 15 reps is kind of the sweet spot um, for hypertrophy in terms of muscle growth making sure that you're overloading over time so either more reps more weight more sets um, over time to allow the the muscle to grow and for it to adapt and to give it a reason to grow um, and then you also need to make sure that your nutrition is aligned it doesn't just come down to training your nutrition and your training need to be aligned with what your goal is so if you want to build muscle mass then yes you need to be overloading in the gym but you also need to be eating um, accordingly with that goal so eating in a slight calorie surplus or at least that maintenance intake to give your body uh, enough fuel to recover repair and grow in between sessions and then you just rinse and repeat that process again um, over time and so that's how you grow your glutes now in terms of what exercises work best that's different for absolutely everybody um, i can give you my top five exercises for growing your glutes um, for me it'd be um, hip thrusts all different variations so whether it's body weight bands um, weight on your hips a barbell hip thrust i think hip, hip thrusts are fantastic um i absolutely love squats in particular box squats for me uh, uh, one of my absolute favorite variations sumo deadlift is one of my favorites for glutes bulgarian split squat is an absolute killer i mean not that many people like the exercise including me but uh it, it's very effective in my opinion and then and, and i'm going to pair with bulgarian split squats i would say most lunge variations i think are, are fantastic for um for the glutes um and then the fifth one there i mean there's a ton of different exercises i could say but um tied for fifth and sixth i would say step ups or glute hamstring raises i mean glute hamstring raises are unreal my favorite variation um is probably on the 45 degree back extension machine um you can also do them on ghd so glute hamstring developer uh, but they're, they're kind of my go-to exercises. But that is how you grow any muscle. Give it a reason to change, overload it over time, allow your body um, to repair and grow by eating enough and you will see muscle gain. Um, what are my top lessons I've learned from self-development um, and you know reading books and podcasts? It's a good question. Look, there's been just fucking too much to even put in one episode that I've learned um, not only about myself but about others and about how I go about my day-to-day um, activities at the moment from personal development, self-development, whether it be going to seminars, whether it be listening to podcasts and audiobooks, reading books, um, watching interviews, 
meeting new people and just general life um, experiences and stuff like that. But I think the biggest thing is that it's so important that you don't you don't get complacent with where you're at. There's always something that you can be adding. There's always something that you can be learning. Um, and I think I've just put a lot more importance on how important self-development is and personal development is and how important it is to give yourself time every single day to to grow um, individually as a person and that's going to help the others around you grow as well. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry shan Tilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market um so i guess for me some things that i've implemented since i started getting or diving into the personal development world would have to be um obviously my my daily or morning routine which i'm sure you've all heard um what what i do in that but you know at the moment includes having a cold shower every day um trying to read or listen to an audio book for 30 minutes a day um it's meditation doing morning daily goals for the day so small goals writing down some small goals every morning and then also my gratitude um, journal or my gratitude list there's some big things that have just had a huge impact on me and my life and particularly those around me as well i think that's the other thing to keep in mind is that by improving yourself you are going to be improving those around you as well remember your the product of your environment um and i i truly do believe that so it's just been a lot that I've taken away and if you've never really looked into that so much, I know before I got into it, it wouldn't necessarily be something that jumped out at me or if someone told me about it, you know, I even think back now about certain books or um, interviews and stuff that I've I've read or listened to. Um, if I went back and, and watched them or listened to them again now, that'd have more meaning to me now that I've, I've done more in the personal development world. So um, yeah, I'd highly recommend that for absolutely anybody who, who hasn't kind of... Um, you know had a look at the personal development side of things um how do you find the motivation to get back into training after an injury well to be perfectly honest for me if i'm injured and i can't train uh, it's harder for me to not train it's harder for me to not go and overdo it and and stuff up my process which has been probably the hardest thing since I had my shoulder reconstruction in February this year is to to make sure that I'm just following the rules, doing everything nice and slowly and not trying to do things too quick because I've done that in the past with pretty much every injury, to be perfectly honest. Um, and probably need to start practicing what I preach there. But um, in terms of motivation, I find it very easy. Like I'm absolutely chomping at the bit to get back to training as soon as I get the all clear to go. But if you're someone that struggles with motivation, it's very important to revisit your why. So revisit the purpose as to why you started training in the first place and why you want to train moving forward. If it's just a ticket off or it's just because other people do it, then you won't find the motivation. It's going to be hard. It's going to be coming in and out over time and that's just not a good way to be. You're going to yo-yo over and over again. So I think you need to figure out exactly why you're starting your training and really take some time to put some proper thought to it. Figure out exactly why it is that you are doing what you're doing. And once you know that purpose, it's a lot easier to, to motivate yourself to do it. And and particularly on the days where you just can't be fucked, I think that's a, that's a really important thing um, to know in yourself. Not because someone else has told you to do it, but you need to know yourself. Next question, is two days a week of resistance training enough to see results? 
Um, yes, it is. Uh, look, sorry, I'm, I'm just a bit of a quick pause. I didn't know what I was going to say, but two days a week is enough to see results. In the end of the day, if you were going to do it in that setup, I would highly recommend doing full body sessions both days because here's the thing. This is what I've found works best and there's a lot of research that goes that back this up as well. For, for lean muscle tissue growth and for strength um, increases over time, uh, it's going to be most beneficial to target each muscle group at least twice per week. Okay, so increase the frequency of how, to, how often you are training a muscle group. Early days, I was uh, in my headspace was all around um, the, the bro split or the bodybuilder split where you train everything once a week, absolutely annihilate it, uh, and then wait till the next week and train it again. So I'm training, let's, for example, someone that's following that, that training split would be doing, say, chest on a Monday, International Chest Day for everybody out there listening. Uh, and they would do, you know, an hour of just fucking just straight chest. And for me, like thinking about that now, I find that very boring. I, I don't really find that interesting at all. But I used to do it and a lot of people still do. So you do your hour of chest and then you don't train it again for seven days. I mean, there's no way you're doing enough in that session to for your body to need a week to recover. Over the span of a year, if you never miss a week of training chest, you've trained chest 52 times. Now, if we... If we train chest twice a week, okay, so you don't necessarily need to annihilate your chest every session, but if we split it up into two sessions, you're still going to be doing more anyway over two sessions of what you would be in one. But your frequency is now two times per week. So over the span of a year, assuming you never miss a session, you've now trained chest 104 times compared to 52. And this goes for every muscle group, obviously. I don't think it's that hard to understand how which one of those scenarios is going to work out better for you. So two times a week, you can see results and, and you will see results. In my opinion, like I, I would usually recommend people if with strength training to try and get three resistance sessions done a week. If you were going to do it that way, um, how I usually split it up would be a an upper body, a lower body and a full body session. So again, you're training everything twice um, over the span of a week and you're just giving your body more of a reason to change and providing a little bit more stimulus. But yes, twice a week will work. Uh, what are some of the best home exercises for muscle gain now i know we've spoken about this a couple of times um already but in terms of exercises at home um look you any any exercise i know that's a shit answer but any exercise at all is going to work at home for muscle gain if you are able to overload it it feels like i'm just kind of saying the same thing over and over again because to an extent i kind of am so over time, you need to be giving your body a reason to change, otherwise it won't, okay? So push-ups at home. You can grow your chest, your triceps, and your shoulders from doing push-ups, you know, whether that's more reps, whether that's more sets, whether you put some weight on your back to make it a little bit harder, whether you change the angle, so putting your feet up on something and changing the angle, making it more difficult to overload. You're going to build muscle if you are eating accordingly as well, like I said before, eating in a slight calorie surplus. So... There's a ton of different exercises I would recommend. You know, at home, it's hard. You've got to get creative and that's what a lot of people are struggling with if you don't have access to equipment or a gym at the moment. Um, but try and stick to some of the bigger exercises first, as always. So compound lifts, multi-joint or multi-muscle groups at the same time. Um, you're going to be able to do more and then focus on your isolation. So the icing on the cake, the accessory movements towards the end of the session. Uh, but you just got to find ways to overload it. I'm not going to lie, it's fucking way harder to do it at home with minimal equipment or no equipment at all, but it can be done. 
Um, next question. I've got a few more here, then we'll wrap it up. Um, what is the best way to estimate calories when eating out? It's a fantastic question. So for everybody listening, if you are serious about seeing results, I would highly recommend tracking your calorie intake at least roughly for a period of time at least um, to get your head around it and become a lot more familiar with how much you're eating because that's what is important, not so much what you're eating. But when eating out, here was my approach. And here is my approach still now. So if I know I'm going out for dinner tonight, okay, so let's say um, my partner and I go out for dinner, I know I'm going to have a steak, maybe some chips and a glass of wine, right? Very simple. At the start of the day, I would open up my calorie tracking app. I, I usually use my fitness pal, so I would open it up. I'd go to the last meal of the day. I would add in a steak, so just a rough estimate. So let's say I'm going to have a scotch fillet steak. I'll type in raw scotch fillet steak, choose what weight I'm going to be having, Add that in. I then add in some oil because every restaurant uses fucking oil to cook. Most of them do. So add in a bit of oil to account for some fats. I would just type in hot chips and just pick a generic option. So any option. As long as you are choosing one that is not just obviously fucking not right. So if you're typing in hot chips and then there's an option that comes up and says it's five calories, don't just pick that because it makes you feel good. It's just not the truth. So I always go for one that looks a little higher in calories than what it probably is. Add that in there. Add in my glass of wine. That's accounted for for the day now. So those calories are already in there. So I know I can get to dinner and not have any stress at all as long as I work the rest of the day around that. So then for the rest of the day, I'm trying to reach my calorie target with whatever calories are left over after I add those in. But in terms of choosing um, or estimating calories when you're eating out, if it's a very simple meal, it's very straightforward and you can just put in the the single ingredients. I mean, that's pretty easy. It takes a few seconds, like don't be fucking lazy, don't say that it's too hard. Just put in the single ingredients and then add it in, an estimate. Or if it's something like pizza or a burger or whatever, I most of the time, to be honest, just type in generic option, choose one that I think looks about right, and then stay, consist- stay consistent. So I always use that same option again so that at least you know over time you're going to be using the same one. Um, that That is my opinion when it comes to estimating calories when you're eating out. Um. What's my biggest tip for up-and-coming coaches? I mean, um, assuming this is for obviously fitness, health and fitness coaches or trainers, whatever, there's there's a lot. There's a fucking heaps of different tips. I've done a full episode on, on, on how to become successful in the industry and be a successful personal trainer. So feel free to go back and have a listen to that one. But, you know, my most simple tips, and these, is, these are very easy. Like I said, please do go and have a listen to the other show. You'll get a lot more out of it than this. Um, this episode in terms of this question but to become a good coach you obviously need to have the knowledge there so it's important to never stop learning and never get complacent with what your knowledge is at the moment you need to be able to that knowledge needs to be able to translate to real life so you need to be able to apply that knowledge with your clients with yourself online in person whatever it is you need to be able to actually apply that the single most important thing is that you get your client results okay so that's very important you need to be able to communicate you need to be able to network and I think you need to be able, if you're, particularly if you're going online or even in person, you know, in the end of the day, you need people to know about you otherwise they're not going to come to you. Um, so as long as, as well as getting your client's results and having the knowledge and all that stuff, like you can have all the knowledge in the world but if no one knows who you are or know, knows where you are, then you're not going to be busy. So you need to be able to understand how to market yourself and in my opinion, that's giving away valuable content, like helping people for free as often as possible. And, and and for me, I think that's just like the best form of marketing. If you can get more and more people results, particularly for free, they're going to be a lot more likely to come and pay you to 
for your services um, because you've earned it, you've earned their trust and built up enough um, trust within them that they're willing to give you money to do it as well. Um, alrighty, let's go through, what do we got? Let's do two more questions here. Um, um, advice for becoming, what's some advice for becoming a morning person? This can be tough. I mean, like, I still wouldn't, like, I get up very, most days I'm up at either 4.30 or 5 o'clock, 5 o'clock, um, but I still wouldn't say that I'm a morning person. Like, I've gotten a lot more used to it and I can now tolerate it, but I don't, wouldn't necessarily say I'm a morning person. But first fucking thing, I mean, set an alarm. And I know you're thinking that's a dumb thing to say, but it's pretty straightforward. Set an alarm, get yourself up and get in the routine, get in the habit of waking up at the same time. Set yourself up with a morning routine. And when that alarm goes off, get up. So don't lay in bed for half an hour because it gets a lot harder to get out of bed. As soon as your alarm goes off, get up and have something that you're going to do. Have a morning routine. Whether it be, it doesn't have to be have cold shower. That's what I do. And fuck, I'll tell you that, that wakes you up for sure. But it could just be have a normal shower. It could be go and do your goals and gratitude. It could be have a coffee. Have some form of routine that you do as soon as you get up that gets your mind working. And I don't mean going and reading your emails and social media. That's the last, that's probably the worst thing you can do, to be honest. Get up and have something that's going to make you feel productive and get your your the blood flowing, get your mind uh, working, and, and I think that's just having that structure and routine and consistency over time is going to help you um, be, become a lot better at, at doing that. Um, so I don't know if that even helps one single bit, but that's that would that's what I would say. Um, all right, one more question. Uh, All right, what you should do after um, after a night out drinking? Okay, this is a great question. And uh, this, this answer will also apply for what you should do after overeating the day before or the night before. The best thing you can do the next day is what you would normally do. Okay, so I call it the goldfish mentality. We forget about the day before and we move on. We get back to what we what we would usually do okay so if you are following your calorie intake your macro intake or your protein minimum go straight back to that okay don't go over it don't try and go under it just go back to normal increase your water intake so drink more water than what you normally would Um, if you are meant to train that day train if you're not meant to train don't but and when i say don't i don't mean that don't do anything at all don't just sit around and do fuck all for the day but don't go out and feel like you need to excessively exercise to make up for it that's a vicious cycle you can get stuck in. So instead of that, go for a walk or just chill out. Do something to, to, to um, get your body moving if you really want to, but don't feel guilty. And then the last thing is if it's a common, re- if it's a reoccurrence over time and it continues to happen over and over again, you need to figure out why it's happening and figure out how you can stop it or minimize it. Um, but the worst thing that you can do the day after is you know, under-eat, over-exercise and feel guilty. Just goldfish mentality, move on. Um, get back to normal. The quicker you can get back to normal, the less damage you are going to do and the less likely it's going to have any negative effect on your results um, or your headspace as well. So hopefully that has answered some of your questions today um, in a way that's helped everybody who's listening. Like I said, if you've enjoyed today's episode and this style of episode, the kind of Q&A, um, I've got plenty of other questions here that I could use for another episode. So maybe I'll do that. Um, if you enjoyed it, please do take a screenshot of today's show and post it up on Instagram story. I'd love to get your feedback and just to hear what you think of today's show and um, and let me know if it's helped you in any way. 
thanks so much for your time and attention. I really do appreciate it. And I hope you're having a fantastic day. And I'm looking forward to chatting to you again in next week's episode.